Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Father, give us a spirit of grace. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Peter 3. I'm going to begin in verse 1. This is why we have these meetings. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection unto your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they also without the word may be won by the conversation of the wives. You know that works for fathers and sons too. It says, while they behold your chaste conversation, your behavior coupled with fear. Fear of what? Fear of God. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. The heart, not the head. The heart. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. That's why God is having these meetings for us, me included, giving us, teaching us how to walk in that meek and quiet spirit. And that meek and quiet spirit is the spirit of Jesus. Jesus is meek and quiet. Also, we are looking at these last couple weeks, the Holy Ghost, that spirit. And we're looking at the Holy Ghost today, too, of how we are to walk in that spirit. But before that, let's go to John 10. John 10, 35. One of my favorite verses. If, Jesus speaking, he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And this is the next phrase is what I'm after. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture, the word of God cannot be broken. You know, you can have that book in your house your whole life and all you do is dust it off. But what you don't know is in it, those words, when they're quickened by the spirit are spirit and life and they cannot be broken. They can't. When you trust them, when you believe them and believing is a trust, when you believe them, They can't be broken. You get what they say. You absolutely get what they say. Let's go to Hebrews 13 along with that. The word of God cannot be broken. Do you know Jesus couldn't break it when he was here? If you remember, he was on the cross and he was getting ready to give up the ghost and he couldn't. He said, I got one more thing I got to do. You know, he wasn't going to break the word. Do you know it wasn't broken? He took the sponge with the vinegar. And then he said, now I'm finished. I'm done. Jesus won't break the word. The Father won't break the word. That's why we can trust it. It cannot. Cannot. And you know what? God cannot fail. God cannot fail. What fails? 
are believing. And if we'll stay believing, God can manifest what we're after. He absolutely can. Why? Because the word of God can't be broken. With that, Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that word means? That means the same thing that he did for the Syrophoenician woman, he has to do for you. Do you get that? The same thing he did for the Syrophoenician woman, and he healed her child, her daughter, he has to do for you. Why? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the word of God can't be broken. Do you realize that blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sitting by the highway side, screaming, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus opened his eyes. Do you know if he did that for blind Bartimaeus, he will do it for anyone else. He has to. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. Isn't that beautiful? They had no food. Jesus said, hand over the loaf. Hand over the fish. Do you know if he did that for those 5,000, he'll do it for us? Has to. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we will believe. If we will expect him to. If we will trust him to. And you know what? That's the big fight. Is getting the trust in here. That it's for us too. Well, if it's for that one, it is for you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Paul speaking. We'll go to 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Sylvanius Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in Jesus was yea. 20. For all the promises of God. All. Do you get that word all? All the promises of God are yea, yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. All the promises are yes. Yes. That person that says, but this is not for me, you're listening to a lie. If you ever hear yourself, and I've heard myself, say, but this can't be for me. It is a lie. And it's a lie from the devil. Why? The word of God cannot be broken. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all the promises, all of them are yes. You won't get a no from God. Do you get that? If he promised you health, you got health. If he promised you prosperity, you get prosperity. If he promised you the Holy Ghost, you get the Holy Ghost. All the promises are yes. Yes. There is no no. And if you hear a no, it isn't God talking. It can't be. That word that I just read, that all the promises are yes and amen, cannot be broken. I love how God gives you four layers of truth so that you'll believe. So that you will believe. And you know you don't even have to feel it. You just stand on it. 
You know, I have stood in front of God before, I mean face to face, saying, look at me, it is written. You know what? He likes that. He likes that. Why? Because you're believing. You're believing. Now, we're going to take a look back at Romans 8. We are going to look again at walking in the Spirit. This is Holy Ghost 101. Last week, we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to take it just a little further today, and we're going to begin in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, none, no feeling guilty to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, who walk after the Spirit. When you are feeling guilty, you're not walking in the Spirit. You say, what do you mean? When you are walking in the Spirit, when you are walking in the Holy Ghost, there is no condemnation. You won't feel guilty. Why? Because Jesus already paid for your sins. He already paid for your sins. Why are you feeling guilty about something that's already been paid for? Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We are talking about walking in the Spirit of God, walking in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace. Thank God, the Spirit of grace. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You cannot walk in the Holy Ghost and the Ten Commandments. They don't match. They don't match. It's like mixing oil and water and nothing works. You either walk in the Holy Ghost or you walk in the Ten Commandments. And you're going to find the Holy Ghost is much better. For what the law could not do, walking in those Ten Commandments, what it could not do, and it was weak through the flesh. Our flesh can't obey the Ten Commandments. It doesn't want to. It's an enemy of them. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And we've gone over this condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law, what the law intended might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the spirit, who walk in the Holy Ghost. And I want you to see here, it says, for to be carnally minded, to think about the flesh, to walk in the flesh is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You will find when you are walking in the spirit, you're at peace. You are at peace. I can tell when I am not in the spirit because my peace disappears. And you know what I do? I get right back in the spirit. There'll be a day where I will be always walking in the spirit. But the moment I feel uneasy to get back in the spirit of God, and that's what we're going to teach here, us women, how to stay in the spirit of God. But it's going to take us a little bit to get there. Now, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, your flesh can't follow God. It hates God. It doesn't want to follow God. It can't even follow God if it wants to. And you say, well, how could that be? Tell yourself, I will not do that. And then give it five minutes. That's the flesh. It says, for the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Do you see what that is saying? You walk in the Ten Commandments, you're not pleasing God. Why? He brought you something a million times better. A million times better. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be the Spirit of God. Be dwell in you, the Holy Ghost. 
Now notice here, I love this verse because it makes a clear-cut division. There are two different spirits. We will read it again. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwell in you. And then it stops and it makes another comment. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Here is the distinction. There are two different spirits. There is the spirit of Christ. That is the spirit of Jesus. And when we are born again, we receive the spirit of Jesus. It says that in the next verse. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We are born again. We're going to heaven. We have eternal life dwelling in us. It says, but, but, there's the distinction. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Notice you have the spirit of Jesus. Now there's another spirit that raised him from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead. The father raised Jesus from the dead through the spirit. Says that in Acts. Jesus did not come out of the grave by himself. You know why? He couldn't. He was a man. He couldn't raise himself from the dead. He was a man. It was the father that raised him from the dead. Acts 2, Acts 4, Acts 5. The spirit of Jesus in us, we are born again. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Holy Ghost dwells in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The Holy Ghost dwells in you. And when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get the whole Holy Ghost. When you're born again, you get the spirit of Jesus. It says in 1 Corinthians, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Jesus' spirit, your spirit. They're joined together. Thank you, Jesus. They're joined together. And he's your shepherd. And he's your eternal life. And he guides you. And then when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get the Holy Ghost in you. Jesus said in John 14, you're going to wait in town until the Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes. He dwelleth with you right now. But when he comes, he's going to dwell in you. Those prophets prophesied of the grace, waiting, looking for that grace when Jesus was going to come and when that Holy Ghost was going to be in us, in us. And back to Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you see, when you are first born again, it states, when you received the seed of Jesus, you have the authority to become a son of God. That's John 1. Become a son of God. But when you are led by the Spirit of God, You are a son of God. It is a process. And it's a beautiful process. And it's a process that God and Jesus made sure you would not do it alone. You would not walk it alone. That's why the Holy Ghost is here. Turn with me to Ephesians 5. I want us to see just a short verse here. It says Ephesians 5, 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with... With the Spirit. That's a commandment. Now, turn with me to Acts 5, 29. Peter speaking. 
He said, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, so they're talking to the Pharisees that have been drugged before the council again. He said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. He's preaching them the gospel. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Ghost. And look at this next phrase. Whom God has given to them that obey him. You want to obey God, you're going to need baptized in the Holy Ghost. This verse, whom God has given to them that obey him. You know what the wonderful thing is? It's a gift. Turn with me quickly to Acts 1. Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead... Jesus has come out of the grave. Jesus has overcome the devil. He has overcome sin. He has overcome sickness. He has overcome hell. And he is out talking to his disciples. And look what he says to them. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Gave them a command. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Why? But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Immersed in the Holy Ghost, in you, the Holy Ghost. You see, he told the apostles, don't leave town till you get it. These are the same apostles that walked with him in Galilee and cast out devils. They cast out devils. You know, they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I mean, they came back to Jesus and said, you got to see this, man. They have the devils just come out with your name. Yet Jesus tells them, don't you leave town till you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Like I said before, John 14, Jesus said, he dwelt with you, but he needs to be in you. And that's what they had to wait for, the Holy Ghost to get in them. Now, if he told that to his apostles, don't you think? We need to do that too. You know, Jesus, like we said last week, was baptized in the Holy Ghost. He had to be. He couldn't do anything except by the Holy Ghost. Now, turn with me to John 16. This beautiful Holy Ghost, this gift from the Father and Jesus, there's no better gift than this. Actually, the gift, the gift is Jesus. The gift is Jesus. And I want to reiterate here, and I want it to be known on here, and you will see in just a moment, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus. We glorify Jesus. You know why? The Holy Ghost didn't die for you. Jesus did. The Holy Ghost didn't take your sins. The Holy Ghost didn't take your diseases. He didn't take all your wickedness. Jesus did. And you will find right here that the job of the Holy Ghost is to teach you that, is to put that in your heart where you can use it, where you can use it. John 16, verse 12. I have many things to say to you. This is Jesus speaking, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost is only going to talk to you about the truth. He's only going to tell the truth. 
He's not going to minister you something different. When you get to know that voice, that's comforting. I mean, we have to try the spirits. But the Holy Ghost is only going to speak the truth. It says, how be it? The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truths. Notice, he will guide you. The Holy Ghost guides you into all truth. All truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Do you see? The Holy Ghost never talks on his own. He's the telephone. He's not the voice. What's the voice? The Father in Jesus. The Father in Jesus. The Holy Ghost only tells you what the Father and Jesus is saying. He does not speak on his own. That's why we never pray to the Holy Ghost. That's why we never worship the Holy Ghost. Like I said before, the Holy Ghost didn't die for you. And the Holy Ghost didn't send his son for you. The Father did. That shall he speak, for he will show you things to come. And notice verse 14. He shall glorify me. The Holy Ghost will always glorify Jesus. The Holy Ghost will always glorify Jesus. It is written right here. And it cannot be changed. It cannot be broken. He will glorify Jesus. For he will receive of Jesus and show it unto you. He's going to tell you what Jesus is saying. He's not going to tell you what he's saying. Like I said, he's the telephone. It's Jesus. And it's the Father speaking through the Holy Ghost. You know, that's wonderful. Because Jesus speaks. The Holy Ghost speaks to us. The Holy Ghost guides us. Guides us. Talks to us. You can hear the voice. And you know what's interesting? When the Holy Ghost is speaking and he speaks, only what the Father and Jesus are saying. He doesn't speak on his own. You know, you come to a place, walking in the Spirit, you can tell the difference between the two. I can tell when the God's speaking to me, the Father, and I can tell when Jesus is speaking to me. It's beautiful. You know why? There's fellowship. He glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. He's going to show you just like the Father showed Jesus through the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that the Father gave Jesus the words. Jesus said, I do nothing of my own. He said, the Father does the works. He said, the Father shows me what he's doing, and I do it. How did Jesus know that? It was the Holy Ghost telling him it wasn't Jesus. Well, some of you saw here last Sunday morning, Mike Wigginton was sitting right over there, and we had begun to worship God. When we worship God, we bring the Father in this room. Father inhabits our praises. That's why we praise God. So we're praising God, and the Father's here. He's ministering to me. I looked over at Mike, and I noticed Mike was in real pain. He was bent over. He was sitting down, and he looked like he was about ready to cry. I remember just looking at him, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, said to me, go cast that tormenting spirit out of him. And it's interesting. I looked. I could tell. God just told me what it was. Spirit of torment. So I'm standing there and I thought, well, I'm going to worship God a little bit more, get a little bit higher. And the Spirit of God said, no, go now. Go now. You mean the Holy Ghost would talk to you that way? Oh, thank God he does. And you'll see why. So I told Doyle. I told him what the Spirit of God told me. And Doyle said, go for it. So I come down here. I walked around. Mike didn't even know what I was doing. And I walked up beside him. And I didn't even say, hello, Mike, how are you? I said, come out of him. 
you tormenting spirit, come out in Jesus' name. I only said it twice, and Mike totally surprised me. He leaped. I mean, he leaped right out of his seat. I took it back, and he landed. And I prayed some more, but I realized, no, this thing's done. And I looked at Mike, and he said, all the back pain's gone. A little while later, I met him. I asked him how he's doing. He said, well, my legs are starting to hurt again. I said, oh, no. You know, the moment God does something for you, you don't get outside that door. The devil starts talking. I mean, he starts talking. You really didn't get delivered. You really didn't deserve that. That's, that's not for you. No, you weren't really healed. I mean, he talks. I'm warning you, he talks. As soon as you get something, he starts talking. I reminded Mike, I said, don't you let that spirit come back in. And you know what? The next day, I pulled up my parking place. I got out. I was headed for the door. And Mike opened the door. And he's leaping, praising God. I said, I don't think he let it back in. He's still well today. You know what that was? That was the Holy Ghost through me ministering the power of God that was paid for by the gospel. It was not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is only the transmitter. What was ministered to Mike was the power of God, and the power of God comes from the gospel. It comes from Jesus dying and being buried and being raised again by the power of the Father. And that power, that power is for us. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all the promises are yes and amen. That power is for everyone who will believe, who will trust for it, who will have faith for it, who will go after it until they get it. Amen? Now, if you are not born again, you must get that spirit of Jesus in you so he can lead you. You must get that spirit of Jesus in you. There will be your eternal life. Your eternal life is Jesus in you. That's what gets you to heaven. And it's simple. It's simple. All you have to do, you can pray with me. Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Guide me. And I ask this of you in your name. Amen. We're among the shadows, living in a lonely land with strangers. We're a band of pilgrims on the moon. With dangers burdened down with sorrows, and we're shunned on every hand. But we are looking for a city built above. Oh yes, we're looking for a city for a city under And when we get up there, we'll meet our we'll Savior, meet Savior, Savior, glory, and we know we'll meet friends and all and our loved ones. Now we pray quickly, come, pray we come, oh Father, come, oh, on the day we call, all our hopes renew. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson 
and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.